0: Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, well, from childhood. And it's often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father and child cried out and said, I believe. Help my unbelief. Dear friends of Christ, now last week's gospel, if you remember, was about a deaf man, and we you know with a speech impediment, and this week, is our gospel lesson is about a demon-possessed boy. Last week was, was a joyful text, it was filled with, with hope, it was a good story. This week, gets kind of messy. This week, uh, it gets scary and complicated. It's about demon possession, and of course, demon possession is never a pleasant topic, and it, This text also deals with unbelief, another unpleasant topic. Demon possession and unbelief. And then we also see an epic failure by the disciples, and and they don't know what to do. And then we see Jesus come down the mountain, and he has an attitude. (laughs) You don't see Jesus with an attitude very often, but he's got an attitude. And it's worth noting that this event happened right after they were on the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus had just transfigured himself for his disciples, showing them that he is God. And they come down and they meet the remaining nine disciples who are waiting at the base of the mountain. And as they get down there, uh, Peter, James, John, Jesus see this crowd. A lot of people arguing. And using their tongues as people are want today to lose their tongue and get angry so quickly. And they're billowing at each other. They're in disagreement with each other. And in the center of it all, all this angry commotion, is a father and his son. This father and this boy who was suffering terribly from demon possession. An evil spirit filled the boy with seizures. And it was a bad demon. One that that had made several attempts to try to kill the boy. And had failed, throwing him into fire or water. The father had brought his son to the nine disciples, and the nine disciples were unable to do anything about it. They were confused. And just imagine the scene. Here you've got a distressed father, you've got a demon possessed son, you've got nine disciples who don't know what to do, completely confused, you've got a bunch of angry people, and then you've got the scribes that are there stirring up all the dissension. It's a mess. It's complicated. And Jesus was none too happy about the whole mess. And you can hear Jesus' impatience as he says, Oh, you faithless generation, how long am I going to have to deal with you? How long am I going to be with you? How long do I have to bear with you? You don't hear words of impatience like that with Jesus very often. Jesus ordered the boy to be brought to him. You bunch of arguing nitwits. I can just imagine what he's thinking in his mind, right? Just a bunch of tongues wagging. He brings the boy to him. Evil in the, in the tongues, evil in the, in the voices of the people, and evil in the boy. And the boy begins to convulse from the, de, from the demon who lives within. And he's thrown to the ground. And in desperation, the father pleads, Jesus, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus immediately snapped back, If you can? Jesus, if you can! Is that how you pray? Jesus, if you can do anything, if you can? What do you mean, if I can? You don't know who I am. You don't know what I can do. You mean if I can? Of course I can. Jesus had said very clearly, all things are possible for he who believes. And the whole scenario sets up our theme. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. For the record, Jesus wasn't angry at the demon-possessed boy. He wasn't angry at the father either. He was angry at Satan, and he was angry at sin, and what sin and Satan and evil does to people. That's what he was frustrated at. We don't know the age of the boy. It really doesn't matter but we know he's young because even Satan attacks the youngest among us. He makes them victims. At what age was this boy, demon-possessed, from the day he was born? Satan is a predator. He attacks even the youngest among us. He delights in victimizing children, in hurting children, and harming children. Is it any wonder who the source of the whole industry, the abortion industry, who the source is? Victimizing children? Do you ever wonder who the source is of children who have been sexually abused? The whole sex industry of children? Do you think that such behavior is of the Lord? Certainly not. So the devil—it's of his companions, hurting children, preying upon little kids. That's the devil's work, and he's only—he's the only one who can orchestrate all of this so that little children are being abused throughout the world. Well, the boy in our text. Is just another in a long line of innocent victims. The Father was undone. Help us if you can. And again, Jesus took issue with words, if you can. And of course Jesus can. He's God. And why, why, can't, why can't we as human beings get it through our thick skull that Jesus is who he claims to be, that he is God, and he can do anything? He can take away your cancer if he can. But people are always doubting. And why is unbelief so prevalent? Of course, Jesus can help. But perhaps a better question would be Is Jesus willing to help? That'd be a better question. Is Jesus willing to help? The Father should have said, if you're willing to have compassion on us. And that's the way we should pray too. That's the way we pray in the Lord's Prayer. We pray, Father, if it be your will, thy will be done. And why do we pray that way? Because we can't assume to know God's will. You can't assume to know what what God knows is best in your life, or best for this world, or the best path to take. Sometimes you don't know. God knows. It's not always the easiest path. Thy will be done. And when you pray that way, you better watch out for what you ask for. God's will in each and every situation, it's never a matter of whether Jesus can do it. It's a matter of will he. Is he willing to do it? And having faith means sometimes you're open to both possibilities. I'll believe in God whether he does it and I'll believe in God whether he doesn't do it. Except having, having faith accepts the words, thy will be done. And that's why we can pray for miraculous healing and yet accept the, the terminal diagnosis of death at the same time. That's why we can pray for the repentance of somebody who is falling away from the faith and falling in unbelief and at the same time and you know, pray for their faith at the same time realize that they're on the path to hell. However, there, we acknowledge one overarching truth. Nothing is impossible with God. And Jesus says that. He has that. All things are possible to he who believes, he told the Father. You believe that? We mean I can, if I can. However, Jesus certainly doesn't mean that you're going to get everything you want if you just believe right, if you just believe hard enough, or maybe if you've prayed just the right way, you're going to get what you want. That's not the way it works. However, all things are possible for he who believes. But that does not mean that faith is always open. Uh, that does not mean that faith will give us what we always want. It does mean faith is open to every possibility. God can or God may not. What's God willing to do? With God, nothing is impossible. And this gets right to the heart of the matter. And the heart of the matter is faith. And the faith of the man, of the Father, was weak. Do you believe? Do you believe God's going to do what's best? Do you believe that? Are you willing to pray, thy will be done? And before you pray that prayer, understand this. That if you accept what God's will is, sometimes... God gives you a test to test your faith. And he gets right to the heart of the matter. What is your faith? Do you realize sometimes God uses pain to teach patience? Sometimes he uses illness to teach patience and faith. And your faith is weak and you pray, Thy will be done. And what's God going to do? The father of the demon possessed boy knew his faith was weak. He knew he had a faith problem. And how did the father respond? He said, Lord, I believe. I do believe, but help my unbelief. This isn't double talk. This isn't senseless language. No, this is the honest truth. This is honest, unadulterated truth. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I am a believer and an unbeliever at the same time. I am a mixed bag. I'm a messed up, mixed, complicated person. I know you're God. I know you do all things. I know you're the Almighty. And yet, I'm a believer and an unbeliever at the same moment. And we do that too. Even when things are downright demonic in our lives. Even when things go from bad to worse, get real messy, real complicated. That's when even the strongest faith begins to waver. Think of the life of Job. Faith wavers, doubt creeps in, and we find ourselves wondering, can Jesus help me? Can Jesus help me? Can he? Or is Jesus willing to do anything to help me? And we find ourselves praying, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Of course, Jesus can help. But will he? And the question of God's will? (laughs) That's a whole different question. But nothing is impossible with God, and and Jesus proved it. He turned to the demon-possessed boy, and he rebuked the unclean spirit, and immediately the boy went into convulsions, and, and the demon obeyed, the demon left the boy, and uh, the demon had to obey, by the way, because God, the creator of the world, is speaking to him. Demons have to flee. They have no power in the presence of Jesus. May have been a stubborn, really bad demon, but no problem for Jesus. Because he can do all things. But Jesus isn't done testing the faith of the Father. The demon is out. Can you cast out the demon? Can you? Of course I can. He cast him out and now he has a dead son. That's what they all said. He's like a corpse. Everybody agreed the guy's dead. The boy's dead. He appeared dead. You know, we don't know. Everything goes from bad to worse. It didn't look good. First, the father, the disciples had failed to cast out the demon. Now, Jesus had failed to keep the boy alive. By all appearances, he's dead, lifeless. This is a failure. They all said so. It's a very strange scene. But Jesus wasn't finished yet. And you have to wonder if all of this wasn't even intentional, that Jesus intentionally was pushing buttons. Pushing buttons of all the people in the crowd. Pushing the Father's faith just a little bit. The way a physical trainer, as he's working you to, you know, do a little more, says, five more push-ups. Five more. Come on, you can do it." it. Was Jesus testing him? Remember, at first the Father wasn't sure if Jesus could cast out the demon and now he had to wonder if Jesus could raise his son from the dead we could ask the same thing will Jesus help you now your life has gone from bad to worse will Jesus help you and you've probably heard it said be careful for what you pray you can pray for more patience but again do you really want your patience tested do you really want the Lord's will to be done again remember sometimes God uses pain and sickness and suffering to teach us patience the boy's father had a faith problem everybody around Jesus had a faith problem and the boy's father acknowledged it help my unbelief And what did Jesus do? He decided to help the man with his boy, help the man with his weak faith, and he decided to test the father, push the envelope, turn up the volume. The boy is dead. It wasn't long, just a few seconds. If you're a parent, you don't need many seconds like that. But the boy was lifeless. And what did Jesus do? Our text says Jesus took the boy by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. He arose. I love the word there. Honest day. You don't know what that word means, but in Greek it means resurrection. He was resurrected. Can Jesus take out the demon? Can he? Can Jesus cause a resurrection? Can he? And you see at a very small scale the power of Jesus to resurrect. And one day on a very large scale, Jesus is going to come back and he's going to speak. And he's going to call your body from the grave. And your body, that is dust, will rise. Can he? Can Jesus do such great things? And maybe you're by the graveside of your loved one and you're looking at the casket. And maybe you have to pray, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Our bodies, we clothe in immorality. Do you think that's possible? Do you think that's the reality? Do you think Jesus can fix a problem of death? Well, Remember Jesus' word, nothing is impossible with God. Yes, even Jesus died. And Jesus is the one who is our sin-bearing substitute. And he's the one who experienced death for us. And he went to death on the cross and he suffered and he died. That he could do what? Anastay. Rise. And on the third day he rose from the dead. Jesus became a corpse. And on the third day rose and he lives. So that one day you're going to live forever with him. Listen. Faith falters. Sometimes our faith falters. And when your faith falters, remember the resurrection. When your faith starts to doubt, remember the resurrection. Sin will be conquered. Death will be conquered. Satan will be conquered. And all your doubts forever will melt away. But for now, for today, in the midst of your doubts, Jesus is here to help you. For now, for today, he comes to you in the water of holy baptism to say you're mine. He comes to you in the bread and the wine of holy communion to say, I love you, I forgive you, I gave my life for you. Of course the Savior comes to help you. He's willing. And isn't that all you really were hoping for? That he'd be willing to wash your sins away. Now, it may not come according to your timetable. It may not go according to how you want things to go in life, according to your plan, your design. And things may go from bad to worse. And it may feel very demonic. And you may find yourself discouraged and troubling, but when you do, that's when you pray. Go to Jesus, lay your trouble before him, and pray, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And by the grace of God, we believe. Oh, we're sinners, but we're saints at the same time. Lord, I believe. We always carry about that old Adam, though the doubts in each of us, indeed, it's true. We're a strange mix of faith and unbelief, a strange mix of trust and doubt, a strange mix of confidence and fear. We're dying and yet we're living forever and ever. And that's why each day is a day of repentance. It's a day of turning back to God, acknowledging that he's here to help us in our baptism until that day we finally die. But until then, we continue to believe, don't we? until the hand of Jesus reaches down to raise us up to eternal life because this is the good and the gracious will of God for all things are possible for God who, and for all who believe. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.